Okay, good evening everyone. Broadcasting live, September 2nd. A couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, I would like to propose... See, this idea for starting a monastery, really, the only real, or the main reason why it happened without which it wouldn't have happened, is that my teacher has been pushing me to find a place, start a center, start something, get settled, quit moving around, find a place where uh, people can find me. That's what he said. So, that being said, and being reminded recently that I should call him I put two and two together and it clicked uh, the 21st of September is his birthday so why not have a grand opening for the monastery on his birthday and so I asked the head monk here and I'm going to ask a couple of other monks to come and give us a blessing on the 20th, which is a Sunday. So that weekend will be our grand opening. And the 21st will be a, is a Monday. That'll be our first official day as a monastery. How does that sound? That sounds really nice. So 20th, mark it on your calendars. 20th is going to be if you want to come and listen to the it won't be anything big it's much more tra a traditional thing than anything but if you want to come that weekend and help us celebrate i think on the 20th i'll probably invite the mcmaster buddhism association <clears throat> anybody who's interested in taking part coming and having a potluck lunch i think we'll do it like that we'll have a potluck bring your own food and we will make a day of it, or weekend of it. My father might come and visit on one day of that weekend. My mother might come and visit on the Friday. So that's one thing. Another thing is I see in the comments here someone was asking about an iPad app. So if there's anyone out there who has iPad programming skills, iPhone, whatever, iOS programming skills, and would like to work on an app, the code for our app is all on the internet. It's in Java, of course, Android. But it might help to figure out how to make a, what is it, Xcode it's called or something, whatever it is that Apple uses. number two number three yeah let us so let us know if you have those kind of skills and would like to help make an ipad app number three is about our friday show i'm thinking i'll just call it siri mongolo international presents or si presents we don't have to give it we don't have to advertise that name but it's just our organization presenting someone <laughs> So this Friday, if you haven't heard already, we're having a 
Iranian-born uh, skeptic and meditator in Winnipeg, who is uh, the guy behind Meditation in Persian, probably one of, if not the first, YouTube channel giving meditation teachings in Farsi, which is the language of Iran. So he'll be our first guest. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, but the announcement is actually that we could use a volunteer, someone who we know. And if there's someone around, maybe one of our volunteers who could take on the responsibility of sort of, um, I guess, maybe compiling a list of people and maybe we could have a special email address where people could contact this person. Just sort of a person who is responsible for the Friday show. And that person could talk to me about ideas people had for the show. That person could be responsible for contacting the other parties. You know, if I give an idea or someone gives an idea, that person could be make, make sure that we're finding someone to contact. I guess it'd just be nice to have a person who was in charge of all that. So if there's anybody who'd like to step up and be our, whatever you call it, star liaison, guest liaison, let us know. And I'll put a uh, I'll put a notice up about the 20th, 21st, I guess, actually, but probably won't be anything happening on the 21st because I'll be at school and that sort of thing. Okay, so here we have a quote. Robin, would you please read the quote for us? Yes. When there is quarrelsome talk, much talk may be expected. When there is much talk, one is excited. Being excited, one is uncontrolled. And when one is uncontrolled, the mind is far from concentrated. Hmm. Right. Quarrelsome talk leads to much talk. Much talk leads to excitement. Is that what it says? No. Distraction. Leads one to be distracted. Excited might be a little bit off, but it's okay. When one is distracted, asangutasa Asangwaro, sorry, asangwaro. For one who is distracted, one is unguarded, uncontrolled. He doesn't control this mind. For one who is uncontrolled, arajitang samadimha. The mind is far from concentration 
far from concentrated. Talk is a big one. It's one that we often neglect. It seems kind of innocuous talk. And in, on, to some extent it is. It's not like it's evil to chat, you know, evil to have friendly discourse. But on a deeper level, from a meditative point of view, it's it's problematic. Because as the Buddha says, much talk makes you distracted. You can limit this by avoiding quarrelsome talk, and that's the key here. It's not that you shouldn't talk at all, but when the talk becomes contentious, sometimes you feel um, sort of a, a need to need to impress the other person you, know, you find that when people maybe question the things that you say and so you feel a need to defend yourself this kind of thing and this is how quarrels arise ego the need to be right the need to prove yourself right the need to the need to have the other person know that you're right this is the problem to remember it's always important to be right it's not always wise to try to make others agree that you are right there's a big difference leads to quarrels who cares whether other people know that you're right sometimes it can be important if it means the difference between them finding the right path and the wrong path but most often it's just an ego trip we want people to be impressed by us and that leads to contention leads to quarrels So we should really try to be mindful when we speak. It's not easy, but I mean, it is easy. We're just not accustomed to it. You can, when you speak, it's actually quite easy to be mindful, watching your lips move, noting the feeling of the lips moving. But it's easy to get caught, get off track because then you start thinking, what am I going to say next? And you launch, it's like you launch the application, speak. So you have to be quick and to come back. Once the application started, watch it, observe it. And watch your emotions, watch the intentions to speak. Your body movements, when your hands move, watch the movements of the hands. So a nice little quote. Another one of these things. The more you read about the Buddha, the more impressed you are, no? It's just all around impressive person, to say the least. That was that sounded trite, didn't it? It's far more than that. He's you know, mind-blowingly awesome is more like it, but it's just the point the point I meant to make is that uh, you don't have to have faith in the Buddha. You have to remind yourself of this so that you don't wonder, you know, aren't we just like other religions that we just believe what the Buddha said? You know, should I really believe what the Buddha said? I mean, come on, look what he's saying. Why wouldn't you believe anything he said? He's just awesome. 
anyway. Does anyone have questions tonight? Tomorrow I'm heading over to the house again in the morning. I have to pick up a, a, a neck pillow for my mother. She's going to Italy. So I have a neck pillow for when I go to Thailand. Neck pillows are really good for the airplane. It's long flights. She's not convinced, but I'm pushing her to take it because she's got an eight-hour flight. Anyway, I'll be at the house. I'll try to take a picture of our new flag in the window. And uh, maybe do some moving in. Probably probably have lunch at Subway or something. And then I have to head from there to Pearson International in Toronto. But I'll be back in the afternoon. All goes well. It should be. I guess I, it's not for sure when I'll get back, but should be here by far before time to start. This evening I didn't do a full meditation because we went to um, someone's house. A man passed away. People dying everywhere, dropping like flies. You know? It's the thing about being a Buddhist monk in, in these traditional societies. You get to go to lots of funerals. So you see lots of dead, lots of people, lots of death. And you, you're reminded constantly of death, which is, you know, sobering. But I get to give talks. Tonight I gave a short talk. And I uh, wasn't thoroughly impressed personally because we showed up, we drove in, pulled into the driveway, and they're sitting in the driveway drinking beer. And I didn't want to get out of the car. He said, okay. He's, he's parking, the driver's parking the car. He said, okay, you can get out. I said, I don't want to get out there drinking alcohol. <laughs> So I stayed in the car while he parked it, and finally I got out. Uh, and then I had to give the precepts. I gave them the five precepts. Hmm. Something's wrong with a live audio stream. Not the stream's fine, but the link there keeps... I, I messed up. The link is flashing, so I've got to fix that. Anyone who's trying to listen to the live stream, if you're like me, you're not able to do it, I think. Anyway, you can click on the link, right? Click on the main link. But I'll fix that. Anyway, so I gave them the five precepts, and then they were talking about the funeral, which is on Friday. And this one guy, who I think had been one of the guys who was drinking alcohol, he, he said to his wife that she would, if she was going to be one of the main people in the funeral, she had to keep the five precepts. He said, five precepts or seven precepts, I can't remember. <laughs> and, he was, and then he said, he'll tell you. He pointed to me and said, he'll tell you what it means. And I said, I said yeah, well, what he's, I think what he's saying is that you're going to have to keep the five uh, ethical precepts. Not to kill, not to steal, not to cheat, not to lie. 
and not to take drugs and alcohol. And one of the younger guys said, not drink alcohol, that's one of the precepts. <laughs> and I said, I turned to him and I said, yeah, Buddhists don't drink alcohol. <laughs> and uh, and then he said, and then they started talking. Everyone was kind of like, alcohol, can't drink. And, and he said, and then he pointed to the to the woman, and she, the woman said, "Yeah, you don't, you can't drink alcohol." And he said, he said to her, "You should tell your husband that." And and uh, and I said, "Yeah, no one at the funeral should be drinking alcohol." And her husband said, "Right after after." It was not very impressive for me going to these things, but then I thought, you know, not everyone there was drinking alcohol. There was only a couple of them. Just kind of rude the fact that they didn't think to stop for the monks, no. Yeah, I'll fix that live stream. It's just a new feature that I'm trying to put the tell you when the next broadcast is, if you see. So somehow I don't know how why that's happening. Ah, I think I know. Yeah, I think I figured it out. I think I've got it here. You can fix it right now. Better not though. We're on. We're live on the air. Maybe I should because people are trying to listen. Just give me a second here. Yes, and not is live. Okay, if you refresh the page. Now it should work. Shall we test it? Yes, no more flashing. So now you should be able to listen to the live audio on the page. It's just some uh, an omission. Okay, question. We have questions. Hmm. Could some kind person take video for the grand opening for the meditation center and post it to the Sarimangala supporter Facebook page? That's a good question. Could someone? I'll find out. I don't think anyone here is actually going to be there, but... I'll see. Um, I mean, I've got people coming if, if the McMaster Buddhism Association shows up. Some of the people, anyway, I can get one of them to take some videos. Otherwise, I mean, it's easy to set the camera up on a tripod, right? I haven't been to Bond Street. Ryan's asking about the many-colored flag. So great, if it arrived today, it should be on the front porch, I hope. Tomorrow morning I'll receive it. But I haven't been back since Monday, right? What's today? Today is Wednesday. Right, so, no, Tuesday. It was yesterday. Yesterday I was there. Today I didn't go. Tomorrow I will go again. Are there any special directions for loving-kindness meditation? There's many ways to practice loving-kindness meditation. The one that I prefer is, personally, just because it's not, it's not too involved in terms of 
making it an actual meditation practice, but it's just a um, sort of like a ending to the, the insight meditation. So at the end of practicing meditation, I will sit and it's the one that we do on the, for the kids, if you know the Meditation for Children series that I did, the Meditation on Love. You can Google it or look it up on YouTube, Meditation for Children, my series. The third video, I think, is on love. It's basically starting from yourself, then going to everyone in the room and everyone in the building, everyone in the town or city, everyone in the country and everyone in the world, and then all beings... So you go in in sequence, but there's no special uh, directions. There's many different ways of practicing metta. You can practice all the beings in this direction, all the beings in each of the four directions, all the beings up and all the beings below. You can practice ba based on types, all men, all women, all insects, all mammals, you know, all angels, one by one by one. Are there physical things about the world that the Buddha discovered before science did? No, I don't know. I don't like, I'm just curious questions. What was your experience like once you began practicing Buddhism? I wrote a, I, I made a video on this. It's how I became a Buddhist monk. People really like that video. I think it was a popular one. I like it too because it means I don't have to answer this question. You can go to the video. So check out that video. Anyone have a link, that'd be neat. If anyone could find the link, uh, that would be cool. But otherwise, just look it up on YouTube. How I how I became a Buddhist monk? Buddhist monk Yutadamo. Google that. Probably you'll find it. No one can find the video. Yutadamo Buddhist monk. There, like the fourth one down. How I became a Buddhist monk. The one I linked was a different one, but that's a really good one too. Oh yeah, that was supposed to be the intro to our How to Meditate DVD. I ended oh. up cutting it because, and and my uncle who who did the video was quite uh, miffed about that because he put some work into it. But I, I didn't want really the video, the DVD, to be about me. So, and also because it has music in it. <laughs> But it's a very well done video, you know, stylistically he did a good job on it. It is. This uh, this little hut, I actually lived in that hut, not for very long, but about two weeks. That that hut cost 2,600 2, baht, which is about, I don't know, $60. Do you mean it cost $60 to build it? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, so as far as dwellings go, it was pretty awesome. And this is, uh, when I went on, this is me going on alms round uh, to the village nearby. It's a neat place to live. It ended up just being a matter of not being able to get visas. Thailand was, that was the big problem. No, the other problem is the monastic community there is, you know, like, if you, there's an expectation that you, um, that you be, you become a cog in the wheel, and so that you're actually feeding the system. If you're not supporting the head, mo the big monks, they can really make your life difficult. It's quite a bureaucracy. And this woman uh, was an alcoholic before. A woman just there, and she became she got a stroke, and she became paralyzed, and she had to lift her hand like this all the time. These people were some dedicated supporters. Well, you're not watching it, are you? I'm watching it on my own. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, they're all watching it with me. Well, can so, you show that as the presentation? I think we might again, be able right? to. Okay. I think so. Where's the YouTube? Um, Isn't there a YouTube link? Here, YouTube. But they didn't see it, you said. People don't see the... Well, I don't think it shows up on the YouTube stream. I think you see it, but they don't. I don't think you can live stream YouTube videos. You're probably right. I quit. How do I close YouTube down? Okay, back to you. Anyway, yeah, that one's also interesting, but not, not nearly as useful, I don't. I tend to sift between, probably I tend to shift between two meditation objects and one sitting. Should I stick to one? What nimitta act is, what is nimitta? I think you should read my booklet on how to meditate because that doesn't sound like the meditation that I teach, so asking me is probably not most useful. If you're interested in the meditation I teach, you can read my booklet, and I'm happy to answer questions you might have about that. The audio stream's working for me. Yeah, you might um, have to refresh the page. Yeah, hit Control F5 or just F5 might do it. What is the difference between an arahant and a bodhisattva? It depends. You know, we we don't use the word bodhisattva. We use the word bodhisatta, which to us means the same thing. But a bodhisattva, the Sanskrit version, the Mahayana version, means something often a bit different than what we would mean by the term. For us, the term bodhisattva is someone who has made a determination to become a perfectly enlightened Buddha. In other words, to find uh, the truth for themselves. An arahant is anyone who has become free from suffering, who has come to let go of everything.
Seems like there should be a way to play YouTube videos in here. Maybe we just didn't, haven't found it in the settings. Well, we, can, we can play it, but it won't. I don't think it goes live. See it? I can right. play a YouTube video and you can see it, but I think they don't want you to be able to play YouTube videos. Because oh, okay. the problem, see, this is, um, there's something about the idea that, you know, copyright, it, this is a potential, Okay. it's difficult to police this as far as copyright goes. So, you know, they don't, they, they have to be careful for copyright infringement. Like if we post someone else's YouTube video uh, and broadcast it live, I think See, that's the thing we don't have permission to do that so it'd be nice if we could do it with our own videos but you know, it seems to be just too problematic i think they have just a rule against it i think so i think when i uh, sign into the hangout each time i'm accepting their terms and there's all that sort of thing about copyrights hmm. Having sort of fallen into meditation daily and trying to learn about Buddhism, I find myself confused as to what I should believe about heaven, angels, etc. What should I do to clear up my confusion? Say to yourself, confused, confused. I mean, we exist, and that's pretty improbable already. Not that much of a big step to think that angels might exist. Other types of beings might exist. You know, we're so caught up in the idea of physics, and physics is so so self-assured that that it's the only thing can exist that can exist. But look at the laws of physics. There's no reason to believe that the laws of physics are somehow immutable or or an inherent aspect of reality. They're totally arbitrary. You know, why is the speed of light what it is? Why is the density of water what it is? Or maybe that's maybe that's a bit more logical. But the foundations, gravity, um, the speed of light. You know, why are these things what they are? Um, why are... Well, basically, why are things the way they are? Okay, so... The idea that they could be different, there could be other aspects of reality that were different. So in other words, beings that were maybe more ethereal, right? That followed laws of physics, if you will, that were a bit different. You know, I mean, the, the theory that we would go by probably is not that they follow different laws of physics, but that the laws of physics are dependent on the frame of reference. If the frame of reference is human, then we follow a specific uh set of variables now those variables change depending on the those supposed constants that seem very constant from our point of view are actually variable and they will depend so the speed of light would be you could say it changes i mean it's just an example i don't know if it does but imagine a different speed of light from a different frame of reference right um a different uh, constant of gravity for a different frame of reference you know like we would say a different dimension but it's not really a dimension it's a different frame of reference an angelic frame of reference you can say and so it's not that they live in different universes it's that they are in a different mode if you will so i mean this is all speculative but the point is there's no reason to believe that our frame of reference is somehow special unique and the only frame of reference 
science would respond that there's no in, there's no evidence that there are other frames of reference but whatever lots of people have had conversations with angels and so on but you know whether they're deluded or not the easiest way to find out is to die and be born as an angel and then you'd be like okay cool angels do exist i, I accept it i think just since the person mentioned that they were trying to learn about buddhism there's a big difference between buddhist heaven and angels and say christian heaven and angels not mm -hmm. not eternal so whole different yeah, thing. i mean the point is if you understand karma then it makes it, internally it makes perfect sense whether it actually is reality is a whole other question whether it's actually the truth is a whole other question but the system is makes crystal clear sense you act in a certain way and you're reborn in a certain way we've become humans because we've had very characteristically human behaviors mind states intentions desires etc if you purify your mind then it makes perfect sense that that pure crystal clear mind would not be born in this state this muddled confused you know coarse state they would be born in a far purer state it makes sense it's actually kind of unjust to think that an angelic being would be reborn as a human being of course you know the belief generally is that when you die that's it but that's a whole other issue uh, but if you have the idea that we continue it's perfect makes perfect sense so the, really the question is whether we do continue at death that's really the the sticking point because once you've passed that sticking point if somehow you can get past that and it's a big sticking point for many people but if you get past that it's perfectly logical to think well in that case yeah probably you do uh, an angelic being would be born as an angel there's no reason to think they would be born as a human being What does the Buddha mean when he talks about the four elements, especially in regard to Satipatthana? Well, the earth element is hardness and softness, like when you're sitting on this chair and it feels soft, or when you touch the floor and it feels hard. Um, the air element is pressure, when you feel the pressure in your stomach when it rises, or you feel the lack of pressure when it falls. The fire element is heat and cold, in the body and the water element you can't actually experience but it's the cohesion that you 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 experience by extension like when you when you feel the pressure caused by your tongue touching the roof of your mouth when you pull when you pull two wet things apart there's a kind of a stickiness to them but you don't actually experience the stickiness that's still just wind element i think this the pressure the tension when you pull away but the reason they stick is because the reason the pressure arises is because of the water element the cohesion element that's what they say can you can we know what you're studying at university is that what they mean studying at university i think i'll so. be taking latin linguistics and Uh, West, uh, modern philosophy in the first semester and Latin peace studies and introduction to the New Testament next semester that's my new I, I dropped German because I thought well that's not really 
justified. No offense to German people, but I'd like to learn it. But I don't think it's really justified. Sam Harris. I don't think Sam Harris would ever, ever, ever want to come on my show. It's too risky because he's already been criticized so much for being a Buddhist. You know, he's been labeled as a Buddhist, which apparently he denies, which you know, is fine. He doesn't seem to be exactly a Buddhist to me, but I think he bowed too much to people's pressure when, in fact, he probably at one point given a little bit less pressure from, ah, I don't know, I don't want to speak for him, but. I don't think he'd ever come on a show with a Buddhist monk. He's, uh, I don't know that I'd, I'd want to invite him necessarily. I mean, no offense, I, some of the things he says are awesome. Just really awesome. But I feel that he's too, what do you call, um, Maybe just a feeling of my own, but it feels like he bows too much to the materialist movement. And that just seems to be to be a cop-out. I don't know if it's even true, but some of the things he said seem to me to be a bit of a uh, concession to them. So I think, you know, the idea of any conversation we might have, I don't feel like he would feel comfortable talking as you no know, it would seem kind of confrontational to me unnecessarily so and on the other side i'm not probably qualified to give the best defense for buddhism can you explain the concept of the bardos no that's a tibetan concept you have to talk to a Tibetan monk about that. So maybe we can get a Tibetan monk to come on the show and explain the bardos. Get, uh, yeah, no, I don't know that I'd want to. I want to get a Tibetan monk on our show, Pema Chodron. If anyone knows anyone who knows anyone who knows Pema Chodron, that would be great. She's a fellow Canadian, and I'd like to get her on our show. Maybe before we do that, we should get uh, Maida Nandi, I think is her name. I don't know if we have anyone from Ontario here, but somehow I have to get in touch with this Bikuni living out near Perth. I can probably just contact her via her website. Maybe I could get, see, this is why we have a liaison for, because me contacting directly, I don't know, maybe that's for the best, but it seems kind of more official if you have your liaison do it, right? So then they would be like, "Oh, okay, this is." Then, then if and also then they don't feel, she doesn't feel somehow obliged or so, and they could talk to the person and express their concerns, and you know, having a, a go between I think is useful. How do you manage to travel so often while at the same time not dealing with money? I do cheat a bit. I mean, I don't know if it's... Someone could probably criticize and say it's not proper. But I have a card. The thing is, it's already been paid. So people have already paid for my travel. And I have a card that lets me use up what they've paid. And once whatever they've paid for is finished, then I can't use it anymore. But the point is, the money has already exchanged hands. 
the company has already got their money. I'm just making use of the donation that someone has already given. So I have a card that lets me get on the bus. I tap it, and Ontario is really neat now that everything is connected. There's one card for most of on southern Ontario. Uh, all the different transit systems are linked together to one card. And on top of that, I've got an HSR card for Hamilton. So within Hamilton, I don't even have to use that card. I've got a free card that lets me go wherever I want. I get that because now I'm a full-time student at McMaster. So tomorrow I'll use that. And then to get to the airport, there's now a, a direct bus from Hamilton downtown straight to the airport. So I'll use that bus, hopefully, to take me straight to Pearson International. So that's the answer to that. Someone had asked me about the public transport from like the airport or the train station to the monastery where you are right now. And I thought, I thought the public transport in Canada was really very good. Um, Southern Ontario, the GTA has a, at this point it's awesome. And now that I found out about this bus, um, anyone coming from the airport to Pearson, they should take the 40 bus. It's new. It's like August new. And you take the 40 bus from the airport. I'm just going to take it for the first time. And it goes straight to downtown Hamilton. And then from Hamilton downtown, it's one bus, local bus, to Bond Street, I think. It may not be directly to our house, but it should be. Then that is very efficient. When I, when I went, I think I had two different trains, two buses and two trains. But it's oh, still, yeah. even with the changing, it wasn't, wasn't difficult to follow at all. Getting to Stony Creek's more difficult, uh, from Toronto especially. But if you go, if you went Stony Creek anyway, now it's downtown Hamilton. So directly from the airport bus. That's what it says anyway. The other thing is, people buy me tickets. So when I when I take a plane, people buy the plane ticket for me. So it's really not that difficult. Sometimes it can be difficult. You know, you want to get somewhere on a time limit. I can't just hop in a car and drive. I could, but the other monks do it, but I choose not to. I would think the food would be difficult if you were traveling, trying to eat during the right time and all well, that. Now that I've got a subway card. <laughs> taking the plane, it can be difficult, yeah. yeah. Can you please inform us about whether the Buddha ever spoke about Chai Kung Tantra? Qigong. Oh, Qigong. Qigong. Sorry. Qigong. Tantra or other esoteric practices to reach altered or higher states of consciousness. And what is your, a modern Buddhist's view on these practices? This is the question from last night that we never got to. Yes. Okay. Did the Buddha ever talk about Qigong? No, not according to our texts. Did he ever talk about Tantra? You have to understand what Tantra is, and the answer is still no. Other esoteric practices to reach altered or higher states of consciousness? Yes, he talked about many of, many of those kinds of practices. Practices that allow you to remember your past lives, to read people's minds, to fly through the air, to blow fire out of your fingertips, uh, you know, lots of really weird stuff like that but all very neutral. 
you know, except for maybe the blowing fire out of your fingers, but it's still neutral. You know. Being able to shoot fire is apparently something that people can do. Uh, it can still it's still neutral. Tantra. The problem with tan the whole thing about tantra, as I understand it, is practices which would normally be unwholesome. There's an idea that you can transform them into wholesomeness. That's not. That doesn't have a basis in the early Buddhist texts that I know of. That's later. But getting higher states of consciousness, absolutely. I mean, meditation's all about higher states of consciousness, including the highest, which is Nibbana. If you could really call that a state of consciousness, I think you could, if you understand exactly what is meant by that. What is my view on Qigong and Tantra? Not so much. I don't think about them. I don't believe that Tantra is is proper, personally. Qigong is a worldly thing that is not exactly Buddhist. It's not negative, it's just worldly. It has to do with energies and so on. It can be useful for the attainment of certain mundane states of exalted consciousness. Do you recommend meditation retreats? If so, which ones would be beneficial to someone using the meditation techniques you teach? Yes, I recommend meditation retreats. Any in the Mahasi Sayadaw tradition would be beneficial to someone using the meditation techniques I teach. If you're not aware, I actually hold courses here, so you're welcome to come here if it's convenient. Where does Tracy live? America. Not so far. So if you're, uh, I don't know if that's the same Tracy, but Looks like there's two Tracys. That's a different Tracy. Oh, actually, yes, there's no country listed, but... Uh, you can come here if you are able and do a course with us. But there are lots of places. If you're interested in Mahasi Sayadaw centers in your area, I might be able to help you locate some. Okay, I'm going to cut it off there because it's been a bit of a long day. I've got another one tomorrow. So thank you all for showing up. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Bante. And make sure everyone to uh, come out on Friday and have lots of questions for Ali. Skeptic. He's, he's a good guy. Uh, Vancouver, BC. Well, you can. it's not that far to come to Ontario. If you're able to make it, at least you're Canadian, so you don't need a visa. But in Vancouver, BC, can't think of any in this tradition. It's not to say that there aren't, but none that I've heard of. Come out to Ontario, find a way. It's all free once you get here. If that wasn't clear, we offer free courses, so free food, free shelter. Uh, we'll take care of you if you can make it out here. We'll try to. Actually, the food thing, I'm not sure. We may have to require that meditators get their own food, which would just mean um, getting a Subway sandwich or a pita pit or something. There's a nice deli right down the street, it looks like, too. Going to the kosher deli. But we can try to have it delivered. might be easier. But you might have to factor in cost of food. You're here just because we don't have a, no, if we get a support network set up and it's working well, I mean, that may not be necessary, but for now, um, 
Yeah, that might be one thing. We'll talk about that. That's negotiable. I'm not convinced that that's the best way. I think it might be better for us to try and feed meditators. Just because it's awesome to feed meditators. Bring Chanda with you to cook over there. Mm. Well, now we've got Aruna is going to be with us. So ah, that's right. At least he can help us uh, pick up food, at the very least. Okay. Good night, everyone. Be well. Good night, Bante. Thank you. Thank you, Robin.